I don't care if it's a week, two, four, six, seven, eight. Who do we appreciate? LeBron James. That's who y'all got to start, start appreciating. And you got to stop disrespecting this man. You got AJ Brown, who's a legit number one. And you got Julio, who's a legit number one. One of them dudes got to get double teamed. Who going to get double teamed? And whoever gets double teamed, the other one gets the ball. I'm saying this with no pun intended, but full of pride. I straight up need to change that intro because just the more I look at it, the more I realize it does not age well at all. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what it do, baby? It is your boy, Pride. Welcome to another episode of the Prideful Takes podcast. We got some fun. Talking a little bit about Ben Simmons and how I've been screaming from the top of my lungs. He ain't trash. Conor McGregor was supposedly supposed to come back. God knows why. And I give you guys my NFL Week 14 picks. But like I said, Damian Lillard reportedly wants to play with Ben Simmons. So now there's a two-part question. First and foremost, can the Portland Trailblazers actually get Ben Simmons? And two, if they do get Ben Simmons, would he work? Is would Damian Lillard and Ben Simmons work out? Now, let's start with number one. Can the Trailblazers get Ben Simmons? That right there is tough. And the reason I say that is because their probable best bargaining chip, and when I say bargaining chip, I'm talking about, you know, I'm referring to the Portland Trailblazers. Um, their best bargaining chip would have been C.J. McCollum. Only two problems with that. First and foremost, this is the, the biggest thing of it. He has a collapsed right lung. Let's say that one more time. The legit term is pneumonia thorax, um, which his lung, I believe it's the right lung, collapsed. First and foremost, God bless him. The mere fact that your lung can collapse and you still live, to me, it's wild. Now, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how any of that stuff works. But I will say this: it's it's. Mm, I don't I don't like that at all. Um, you know, it's it, he's out indefinitely. Um, so that's their bargaining chip. That's first and foremost. Now, here's the other part where it makes things slippery. The Sixers, as of right now, they're not interested. Any Ben Simmons for CJ trade. They're not interested for it. So now it really comes down to we really need to take a, a legitimate breakdown of this, of the Portland Trailblazers roster, and see who would they give up. That's really all it really that's That's basically it would start. The, the roster breakdown I'm bringing you guys is brought to you by ESPN. Notice how I give credit. A lot of people don't know how to give credit, which I think it's funny. Um, You got Greg Brown III, power forward. Uh, Keljin Blevins, small forward. Robert Covington, which could potentially be in there. Uh, Anthony Simons, that's another name that could be in there. Tony Snell. Maybe Dennis Smith Jr., maybe Cody Zeller, maybe. Um, well, actually, I don't think Cody Zeller would even even be there because in terms of big man, you're pretty much solid, right? Like you have Joel Embiid, 
Um, and you have a, you got Andre Drummond, who is a starting caliber center. Um, but for me, what I'm looking at this, I mean, and, um, Anthony Simons, a lot of people like him, and he's young. He's a youngster. Problem is, 76ers aren't looking for that. The only thing I could possibly think of would have to be around Dennis Smith Jr. Um, he's he's tough. Um, things have happened with him in terms of people aren't really, you know, they're low-key down on him, but he, he a dog. You give him that chance, he's a dog. I will tell you how it is right now. He's 100% a legitimate dog. So for me, if they were to do this, it would have to be Dennis Smith, maybe Anthony Simons. Um, you would almost have to include Robert Covington um, and picks. That's how it would look for me. Um, and the only reason I'm saying that is because if you really think about it, look, obviously the 76ers are practicing patience, right? And they're trying to make sure they get the best. That's what they want, which I don't blame them. I don't blame them. They want to try to get what's best for them. You know, I understand it. But at the same time, you do need to understand if you're training nine times out of ten when you're training a guy like Ben Simmons, regardless of his flaws, you're going to lose. That's just really just that's just the fact of it, right? You're They're not going to be able to get what they want because you're going out and saying Ben Simmons is dog shit. Oh, wait, by the way, we want – an all-star caliber player. Like the Sixers organization is selling Ben Simmons like he's a horrible role player who would struggle to find minutes on any other team. But then come trade negotiations, all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, by the way, we want your best player. Like, time out, wait a minute. That makes no sense whatsoever, right? You can't you can't tell me this guy's horrible and then in the same breath expect to get something massive, right? So it's going to be tricky. It's going to be tricky. But I do think they'll be able to, if they do a Dennis Smith Jr., pair him up with a Robert Covington, um, throw in Anthony Simons just to sweeten the pot a little bit. And then right after that, what I would do, immediately I would say, you know what, let's have a little bit of fun, throw some picks in there. Because me, if I if you need to make sure that the, the if anyone is trading for Ben Simmons, you're gonna have to make sure that this thing, whatever trade you put together, is a trade you can live with, right? Now, that's part one. Part two, can Ben Cam Dean and Ben Simmons work together? And I will say this, I think so. I really do. See, the problem was that with Ben being the primary ball handler, right, um, the guy he was paired with being Joel Embiid was a big man, right? They are basically two big men, and one of them unfortunately can't shoot, and Joel Embiid is not a lights-out shooter at all. He's not. He shoots just well enough where he can space the floor, but he's not. he's not that great at it. So now you move him over to work with Dame, to play with alongside Damian Lillard, who has a jump shot, who this year is struggling, definitely not his best year, but he's still giving you over 20 points per game. And 
He's actually facilitating the ball. So when you look at all of that, and then you enter Ben Simmons, obviously right now Portland in terms of defense is ranked 30th, so they're not they're not good defensively. Ben Simmons automatically brings them up without a shadow of a doubt. No debate, brings them up in, in terms of their overall defense. Um, by the way, uh, Damian Lillard, 21.5 points, 7.8 assists, which is a career high so far. And he's also giving you about four boards per game, which not bad. You know, the efficiency has dipped. Um, he's shooting at about 39%, which I do expect him to pick it up. Um, and 30% from three. So right now he is struggling, but I do expect him um, to get it together relatively quickly. But the problem with Ben Simmons is when you put Ben Simmons in a situation where he has to have a jump shot in order to be that guy, it's very interesting because I'm going to tell you this right now. <coughs> Excuse me. The way I look at it, if you put Ben Simmons with a guy who can shoot, he'll be successful. He will be. And I think what we're going to have to do is basically go to Ben Simmons. And, and, and then this is the caveat with this trade, right? You need to go to Ben Simmons and say, Ben, you're a hell of a guy. We like you. We respect you. You're playing three and four. We'll let you run the offense sometimes to give Damian Lillard a break. Your butt's going to be in the paint. That's the only caveat I have with because that's what needs to happen, right? No disrespect whatsoever to um, to Ben Simmons, but if you're not gonna if you're not gonna develop a jump shot, if you're not gonna have a jump shot, that's fine. But okay, but you are gonna have to have something, whether it be free throws, whether it be. Have a post game. Now he has something. He's got the little mini hook, which, which is a good start. It is a good start, but you're gonna need to have. You're gonna need to have more. You, you, Ben Simmons, he's gonna have to do something. Or if not, that if you don't want to, that's fine. But now we're just gonna have to put you in the paint. You're, you're gonna. Have, you're not. We're not gonna have you on the perimeter if you can't shoot. What's the point? If we have you out here and you can't shoot. Why are we going to put you in the perimeter? So that's going to be something. However, I do genuinely believe that Damian Lillard and Ben Simmons can work. Does Ben Simmons have a shot? No, he doesn't. Dame Dollar does. Damian Lillard has one. And with that being the one-two dynamic, on top of that, if they can somehow find a way to get Ben Simmons and keep C.J. McCollum, now two of those guys have a jump shot. So now really the only thing you got to do is go to Ben Simmons and say, all right, Ben, paint. That's all you. You're like, you want to roll in this team? The paint, that is you. And with his size, he could dominate. But like I said, he's going to need to have somewhat of a of a post game, right? Something better than just that, that little baby hook, which again, I do like. It's a great start. Don't get it twisted. I genuinely believe that 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 hook right there he has, it's great. And I like it. However, you're going to need more. You're gonna need more, especially with a lot of the criticism that you're that Ben Simmons has been taking. Um, a lot of people are even questioning whether or not, oh, can Ben really play? Does he really want to put all this? Ben Simmons, you're, you're gonna have to come back with something, right? Now, again, you don't have to come back and all of a sudden look like you know 
like you know you gotta master the dream shake or anything like that. No, you don't gotta look like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with a skyhook. But you just need what I would recommend. Give him three post moves that he can put to memory, and then have him just rotate through those. If he does that, we're on a whole nother conversation right now with Ben Simmons. We're on a whole nother conversation. So um, it's going to be tough for the Trailblazers to get him. But if they do get him, I have no worries whatsoever at all that Ben Simmons would be able to work side by side um, with Damian Lillard. Um, again, even though Damian Lillard does not have a, uh, I'm sorry, Ben Simmons does have a jump shot, Damian Lillard does. And to me, that that basically kind of offsets the issue because now instead of having him having to shoot up, you know, threes or whatever, you can now kind of have him work on a post game, which I believe since there's more to that post game that he has with his jump shot, I think he'll be more comfortable to work on that because you have something tangible there that he could work on. NFL Week 14, um, usually uh, on Facebook, um, the Facebook is uh, at Prideful Takes, um, we usually do the pick'ems, right, where I just kind of spit out what they would win, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, again, me, so far this year, 105 and 77. Not bad, not bad. Um, week 14 is here. Before we do Week 14, before we get into that, um, let's break down how the playoffs are looking. Kurt, these rankings are brought to you by the, the actual NFL website. So let's start with the AFC Patriots at the number one seed. Titans at two, Ravens at three, Chiefs four, Chargers five, Bengals six, Bills at seven. And the next teams after that are all relatively close. The eighth seed, Pittsburgh, six, five, and one. The Colts, ninth seed, seven and six. Then the Raiders at 10, Browns at 11, Broncos at 12, all with a six and six record. And at 13, the Miami Dolphins with a six and seven record. So they potentially, you know, there's still a few teams that could potentially come up. Now, if we're going to look over at the NFC, Cardinals at one, who, if they win this weekend, um, have a playoff berth. Regardless, they can do that, lose out, and they would still be in the playoffs. So that's kind of what they have going on for them. But um, Arizona Cardinals at one, uh, the Green Bay Packers at two, Buccaneers at three, Cowboys at four, Rams at five, Washington football team at six, 49ers at seven, and then right outside the Philadelphia Eagles at eight with a six and seven record. After that, Ninth is the Vikings, 10th is the Panthers, 11 is the Falcons, 12th is the Saints. They all have a 5-7 and seven record. Um, and then the next three teams, Giants, Bears, uh, Seattle, in that order, 4-8. and eight. Um, The Lions are 16th, which that 1-10-1 and one record, theoretically, theoretically, could get in the playoffs. Won't happen. First team to be eliminated, Houston Texans. So that's uh, that's a quick breakdown of how things are going in terms of the playoff seeding. Um, we still have some more games to go through. 
uh, two more weeks, I'm sorry. We still got a few more weeks to go through. But in terms of the NFL schedule, these are all the games we got going on. So first and foremost, tomorrow night, Steelers, Vikings, after, and then all the Sunday games, Saints and Jets, Falcons and Panthers, uh, Seahawks and Texans, Raiders and Chiefs, Ravens and Browns, Cowboys and Washington football team, Jaguars and Titans, uh, Giants and Chargers, Lions and Broncos, 49ers and Bengals, uh, and then it will be Bills and Buccaneers. The 8 o'clock Sunday game will be Bears and Packers, and then the Monday night game, which is going to be a good one, Rams and Cardinals. So, Let's start, obviously, with the first one, Steelers and Vikings. Um, me, personally, I'm going to go with Vikings. I feel like the Vikings, yeah, they're, they're a little, they've been a little iffy um, all year. I'm not even going to lie. Um, I think this is one of the games that they show up for. Um, and uh, look, let me just say this. I understand they lost to the, to the Lions, and people are going to go, oh, my God, they're, you know, they're horrible, et cetera, et cetera. And I understand why you would say that. For this specific game, though, for this specific game, they're playing the Steelers, who barely squeaked out an ugly win against the Ravens last week. Was nothing they should have been proud of. I'm gonna be honest with you. This is there's nothing they should have been proud of about that game. Um, people point to the uh, Ben Roethlisberger 21 of 30, uh, 31. No, because the way the way the Ravens were playing, they should have scored more, if we're going to be honest. Um, but barely squeaked by. Oh, and by the way, if we're going to kill them, this is the same team that tied the Lions. So just want to throw that out there. Week before that, uh, this Pittsburgh team, or the game before that, I'm sorry, uh, the game before that, Pittsburgh played uh, the Chargers and. They lost 41 or 37. So again, we're talking about a team that no disrespect, but you know, full of disrespect. Um, and a couple weeks ago got destroyed. So they lost to the Chargers. Then week 12 got embarrassed by the Bengals. Then just lost to the Ravens. When I'm looking at this Pittsburgh team. Week week 10, I must go from week 10 going down, right? Week 10, they tied the lines, uh, six, and they, they scored 16 points, right? Then the Steelers again, they lost to the Chargers. They dropped 37, relatively impressive. Against the Bengals, week 12, 10. And then against the beloved Ravens, 20. And if, if if I'll I'll go either further back if you guys want uh, against the Bears twenty nine, again not bad, um, pretty 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 solid um, against the Browns we gave fifteen. So this is like so if if we really look at the at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they they're not gonna they're not gonna outscore anyone like that. Let's be honest, right? They're more likely to to score under twenty than they are more than that. Let's be honest, right? Like. For them, 25 is like a phenomenal game for them, right? Defensively, um, I don't know what's been going on with this with this Steelers team. Uh, they do have the names, but at the same time, there have been a couple plays where they've been messing up. 
and they've been messing up real bad. Where it almost they almost look lackadaisical and lazy, um, to be honest. So I'm gonna go the Vikings over the Steelers. Next game, Saints and Jets. I mean, look, I'll go out there and play for the Saints, and let's be honest, they'll win. Um, I expect their defense to whoever starts, more likely it's going to be Zach Wilson, um, but whoever starts doesn't matter. They're going to go out there, um, stifle them, embarrass them, etc. all that good stuff. So um, I got Saints over the Jets. Next game, Panthers and Falcons. This game to me is – is, is a toss-up for me. It's a toss-up. I'm going to go with the Panthers over the Falcons. I do not expect Cam Newton to have another horrible game like he had last week. Um, I do not expect that at all. Um, they what, what what Cam did last um, last game was completely embarrassing. Um, he only could be like five passes, had a horrible percentage, and it, 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 it was it was brutal. And he got benched. And I will say this. He got benched deservedly so. To me, there's no... I, I don't blame the Panthers one bit for benching Cam Newton. I don't blame him at all. Um, obviously, 5 for 21, 92 yards with two interceptions. That's bad. Um, Chris McCaffrey came back, and as soon as he came back, was gone. Um, coming off a of bye week, I think they'll be fine. Um, gives them an extra week to game plan for the Falcons, which I believe will make the difference. So I got the Panthers over the Falcons. Seahawks, Texans, again, um, Russell Wilson, he's starting to look a little better. Again, it's not like, you know, he's looking all, all world great, but he's starting to look a little better. You know, he's starting to get his legs back under him properly. Um, and again, it's the Texans. So to me, there's just no debate whatsoever uh, for this one. I have the I got Seahawks over Texans. Um, next game on Raiders Chiefs. This is gonna be brutal. This is gonna be tough. Um, I was gonna pick the Chiefs. I really was, but the problem right now, and again, this is just me, but. There is no – how do I say this properly? The defense is coming back. You know, uh, the defense is coming back. And I, I and, and, and it, it, it looks good. Here's the issue. This is the issue I'm having. Patrick Mahomes looks – he doesn't look good. Let's just, that, that's like the easiest way I can call it. Um, but nobody really wants to talk about it because it's Patrick Mahomes. That's really, that's just how it really goes out to, right? Like this year he has been horrible. Let's just call it what it is, right? Um, he's the last two games, he hasn't thrown a touchdown, but he has thrown an interception. Ever since that five touchdown game that he threw against the Raiders, uh, that was that was three games ago, against Dallas, no touchdowns. Um, he didn't even get; he got two hundred and sixty yards. And then again against Denver, uh, fifteen for twenty nine, one hundred eighty four yards, no touchdown, interception. 
I do believe Patrick Mahomes will be able to get it, you know, to, you know, get back on track. But I will say this. I don't think I, – I, I don't think it will be for another few more games. Uh, the last games on their schedule is Raider, Raiders, Chargers, uh, and I believe Pittsburgh. So I'm looking – again, I'm looking at this. No disrespect whatsoever, but again, after this, you know, they're gonna struggle, and I, I get I got the Raiders. Um, but after this, week 15, they play the Chargers, which that that to me that should be that should be a very high powered game. After that, they play the Steelers, which let's be honest, that's gonna be easy, that's gonna be cake for them. Week 17, they play the Bengals, which I think, depending on which Bengals game, they are young, so it really depends on what Bengals. Uh, team we really get. And then the last game of the year for the Chiefs is going to be the Broncos, which I expect, you know, I'm hoping anyway, that uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes comes back. But again, he has been struggling. He's been relatively inconsistent this year. And I think that's going to bite them in the behind. And uh, I got Raiders over Chiefs. Next game, Browns and Ravens. So, I got the Browns, believe it or not. Um, I do like, excuse me, I do like uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, I, I, I genuinely, I, th- I think he's solid. Nothing, you know, nothing too wild. Last time they played, um, Baltimore won 16 to 10. Um, but again, they had their chances. Um, the, the Browns did. They had their chance. I think they're going to. Next, this game, I think they're going to come out with a more run-heavy approach. And as long as they come out with that run-heavy approach, I give them the advantage because Nick Chubb is going to be the best running back on that field. And then the second best running back will be Kareem Hunt, who also plays for the Browns. So all that being said, I I do genuinely believe they'll come out with a more run-first approach, which will then open up the possibilities for play action um, because play actions, Baker Mayfield is great. You know, he likes that play action, especially him um, hitting Jarvis Landry. So I got them. Um, I got Washington over Dallas. Um, Taylor Heineke, I like the kid. I like him. I like his moxie. I, li- I like his, you know, his – just his energy. I like him. This this kid is he, – he, he's great. He really is. And I'm hoping that this team gives Taylor Heineke the opportunity – to be the franchise quarterback. I think this kid has done what he needed to do. Coming into this year, it was like AO defense. Hold it down. Taylor Heineke, don't mess it up. And it's been the opposite. Tyler Heineke, hold, you know, carry us. Defense, don't blow it. And that's how it's been. Um, Taylor Heineke and Terry McLaurin, that, that connection, I'm loving it. And even though Chase, uh, Chase Young went down, this defense still has been relatively solid without him. They've been all right, you know. Um, obviously, you're not going to be better without Chase Young. Let's let's, let's let's not even try to put that out there. But they have been coming together to try to protect each other's protect each other and all that stuff. So I do like that. Next game, Titans over Jaguars. That's this is not even close. Um, I got the Titans. Um, look, the Jaguars are not a good team right now. Um, now people are saying perhaps they can lure. 
the Jags into a position, kind of like what they did with the Bills, where they were like play down at our level. Um, problem is, you we do have some vets on this team that will not let that happen, offensively and defensively. So I don't think that's going to happen. So, yes, I have Titans over Jags. Um, next game, Chargers-Giants. I have the Chargers over the Giants. For me, the way I look at this, the Giants right now are just too discombobulated um, in terms of the coaching. I understand they fired Jason Garrett, which was a good move. Um, but at the same time, Joe Judge, a lot of people have questions about him. Um, and right now they're not coaching for wins. He's coaching for his job. And that matters. I think that's going to be different. The Chargers coming off a great win over the Bengals. They're riding high and they're still in the playoffs. And they're going to want to climb up and solidify their spot. So I got Chargers over Lions. Oh, I'm sorry. Chargers over Giants. Next game, Broncos over Lions. I got the Broncos. Now, I did say I was going to pull for the Lions until they got their win. They got their win against the Vikings, so I'm done with that. Um, now, Lions can go back to losing. They got their one win. I'm no longer a fan of theirs anymore. Um, but the Broncos, I just I like the Broncos, you know, over the Lions in every way, shape, or form. Teddy Bridgewater is a great, excuse my friend, uh, not pardon the pun, but he's a bridge guy. You know, he's the bridge to get you over the water. You know, and um, it's going to be interesting to see this offseason what they do with Teddy Bridgewater because a lot of people are thinking that they're going to trade him um, so that way they can go get Aaron Aaron Rodgers. That way they can go get Russell Wilson to go get another another quarterback. Um, are they going to reach and draft somebody in this upcoming draft? I've said before to the quarterback, this is, this is not a good draft class. Um, I think this draft class has depth in every position except quarterback. Running backs, they have good depth. Um, offensive line, defensive line, defensive and running back. I'm not just running backs, I'm sorry. Cornerbacks, linebackers, safeties. I think everywhere, kickers for crying out loud, long snappers. Like like everywhere they, they have it, but the only problem with this draft is the quarterbacks. I don't like any of the quarterbacks coming out. I've said this before and I'll continue to say it. You should not get any of these guys unless you're a team that already has has a quarterback established and you're willing to use this kid and you have him use his entire rookie contract to develop. That's it. That's that's the only way. If you have like 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 a Green Bay or not Green Bay, um, because Aaron Rodgers is leaving, like a Tampa, right? You just want to give him some time. Just like that, right? L.A., right? Keep Matthew Stafford. Then eventually when y'all want to move on from Matthew Stafford, you have this young guy who was there, put in four years, and was a – that is the only – that's the only way I would touch this. Like, the Cardinals should not at all because they already have that guy. Um, Texans, you should not because you're just wasting a draft pick. Same thing with the Lions. You should not. You're just wasting a draft pick. Like, there's no quarterback here that I would I – would take at all I, I wouldn't and the best quarterback that would probably declare is what from Alabama Bryce Young he's probably one of the best if not the best and even then you can tell just by watching him the kid's not ready no disrespect to him whatsoever but in terms of the NFL level he's just not ready so you know um for me I got Broncos over Lions next game Bengals and Niners Gritty and Yuki was here. They upset with me. I got the Bengals. The Bengals need to bounce back. 
they better bounce back and they better show AO hey, last week was a fluke because they got completely embarrassed. Um, Joe Burrow just made, was making all types of rookie mistakes out there. Um, Jamar Chase really wasn't really looking himself top to bottom. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was ridiculous. I think the only bright spot I could say probably was Joe Mixon, if we're going to be honest. Um, but other than that, it was tough. Um, I do expect this Bengals team to bounce back. So I got Bengals over 49ers. Next game, Buccaneers and the Buffalo Bills. Bills are going to want to prove a point. They feel embarrassed because of the loss. A lot of them are saying, oh, let's not give them too, you know, um, Bill Belichick enough, like too much credit. Um, Sean McDermott said that. And I'm like, yo, Sean, just say like you should get fired because you're a moron that let Josh Allen throw the ball 30 times in 50, 50 plus mile power wins. Didn't you think something was up when your kicker missed a 31-yard field goal because he kicked it and it was perfect and the wind literally took it? Don't you think when you saw that, you should go, oh, we should probably run the ball. The Bills ran the ball 24 times. I'm sorry, 25 times. Ronda Stevenson alone had 24 rushing attempts. One of the New England Patriots running back had only one less touch than the entire the in the entire offense of the Buffalo Bills. That's horrible. So you're not going to sit there and tell me that, oh man, you know, you know. Blah, blah. So, but this is where I think it's going to fall because they're going to try to go out, prove a point that they're legit. Unfortunately, they're playing the Buccaneers. They play the Buccaneers, and then right after they play the Buccaneers, they play New England. In Foxborough. I'm going to say this right now. I think Buccaneers win. Obviously, you got that man. Say it with me now. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. And when you have him, woof. Um, you know, uh, obviously, Antonio Brown's going to be out. Robin Cross is going to play. Uh, Chris Godwin, I believe, is questionable. Mike Evans will play. And I just I just genuinely believe that, you know, Tom Brady's going to pick apart this Buffalo Bills defense, who I think – Defensively is embarrassed and they're upset right now. They got their head in the dirt because they couldn't they couldn't do anything. So I genuinely believe I got I believe the Buccaneers will handle their business. Um next game, the Sun the Sunday night game. Packers and Bears, not even close. Bears. I'm sorry, Packers. Wow, I'm bugging. Um Packers, not even close. Um, look, I believe Andy Dalton's gonna start again. And you know, go try, fail, and it is what it is. Um, the Monday night game, Cardinals over Rams. This one, to me, was close. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. The Rams, I look at the Rams, and I'm, I, I say this joke. Uh, they are the West Coast Buffalo Bills, right? Because they do the same thing the Bills do. They live and die by the pass, right? And when the pass doesn't work, where do you go from there? You know, where's your dimension? They don't have any dimension, right? They don't run the ball. They choose not to. They always want to air it out, air it out, air it out. And that really is a problem, especially with Sean. And I believe it's partially Sean McVay's fault. Well, not partially. Most of it is Sean McVay's fault. And the reason I believe they always air it out is because they want to say, see, look, we told you Jared Goff is a problem. Like, that's almost what this is looking like. And they're just airing it out, airing it out, airing it out. I don't think it's going to work. And I think that's going to be their downfall. The Cardinals, James Conner, is he the best running back in the world? No, but the thing is, Cliff Kingsbury 
puts James Conner in certain positions where he can succeed. He puts him in positions where he can not only catch the ball, but he could also run. And he's leading in terms of running back. He's leading in, I believe he's leading in touchdowns. So quick recap. Oh, by the way, the team, this is the final um, week of bye week. So the teams on bye weeks, Colts, Dolphins, Patriots, and Eagles. So a quick rundown. Vikings over Steelers, Saints over Jets, Panthers over Falcons, Seahawks over Texans, Raiders over Chiefs, Browns over Ravens, Washington football team over Cowboys, Titans over Jaguars, Chargers over Giants, Broncos over Lions, Bengals over 49ers, Buccaneers over Bills, Packers over Bears, Cardinals over the Rams. Again, a couple close ones. But the final week of bye weeks and those individuals, uh, the teams that are on bye weeks, the Colts, Dolphins, Patriots, and Eagles. So this is going to be extremely fun. And again, one more time, because I do want to give, I want to throw out the rankings just real quick. Uh, well, not the rankings, the uh, the, the playoff, uh, the playoff picture, because um, it is possible that by the end of Sunday, things are going to change. So, just one more time. And they, for the AFC, Patriots at one, Titans at two, Ravens at three, Chiefs at four, Chargers at five, Bengals at six, Buffalo Bills at seven. And then these, uh, these teams are outside looking in, but are relatively close. At the eighth seed, Steelers, ninth, Colts, Raiders, 10th, Browns, 11th, uh, Broncos, 12th, 13th is the Miami Dolphins. And they're all relatively close. Um, we got, you know, a lot of these teams are six and six and the Dolphins are six and seven. So they could potentially come back. NFC, um, Arizona, who, again, like I said in the beginning, if Arizona beats the Rams, they have, they have a, a berth. They have a guaranteed berth. Um, Cardinals at one, Packers at two, Buccaneers at three, Cowboys at four, Rams at five, Washington football team at six, 49ers at seven, and then outside looking in, Number eight, the Eagles were six and seven. Vikings ninth, five and seven. Panthers and Falcons follow them. And then at 12th, the Saints. And again, Vikings, Panthers, Falcons, and Saints are all five and seven. So a couple things could end up changing by the end of Sunday. Conor McGregor wants to return. Um, he's been, you know, kind of chatting up a storm and, you know, He's having his fun, saying what he wants. Shout out to that fucking legend from Dublin. So the UFC has been saying for a while he's coming back, and we want him. We want him to play. You know, oh not play. I'm sorry. We want him to fight, and they there have been plans of keeping him at lightweight. But then, if you see, if you have seen him recently, it looks like he bulked up and not weight in terms of fat, but literally muscle. He looked like he bulked up. So now people are questioning, is he going to welterweight? Like people are questioning that. Um, obviously where he's at in his career, a, a cut doesn't, a cut would not bode well for him. Um, to him drop down a featherweight again, I, I think right now where Conor McGregor is, that doesn't make any, uh, any sense whatsoever. But, if we're looking at light, the lightweight division, Connor right now is ninth. I'll give you guys a quick rundown of the entire division. 
obviously Charles Oliveira is going is the champion, and he would be um, he's going to be defending his title against number one ranked Dustin Poirier. Two, Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje. Three, uh, Benil Darush. Four, Islam Makachev. Five, Michael Chandler. Six, Rafael Dos Anjos. Seven, Tony Ferguson. Eight, Dan Hooker. Ninth, Conor McGregor. Tenth, tenth, Brendan Gillespie. Eleventh, Rafael Fiziev. Um, Twelve, Diego Fiera. Thirteenth, um, Armin um, Sarukian. Um, he's thirteenth. Fourteenth, Brad Brad Riddle. A Riddle. However you want to say it. Uh, and at 15th, Joel Alvarez. In terms of Conor McGregor, I think there are two routes he can go. I really do. I think he has – he's got two opportunities right now. The first chance – the first opportunity he has, money fights, right? Just come out and say, look, I don't give a shit, you know. Um, I'm just here to – to face some other guys that catch weight. Um, you know, I, I, I want to fight dudes who, um, you know, uh, Jorge Masvidal, right? I want to fight him at, at catch weight. Because right now, Jorge Masvidal is in the welterweight division, um, right above lightweight where Connor is. I'm going to fight him at lightweight. Let's kind of, or at catch weight, you know, or lightweight, whatever the case may be, you know, do stuff like that. Um, again, another guy, maybe him and Colby Covington. Some guys that, you know, have good mouths so that way he can kind of drum it up. Um, that's one route I would go with him. Um, another route, if he wants the, the lightweight title, because if he wants that title, it's going to be a long road for him. Um, but he's not going to – before he even touches any one of the top five, he's going to have to beat either Dan Hooker Tony Ferguson or Rafael Dos Anjos. Those are the three gentlemen above him. Rafael Dos Anjos is at six. Ferguson's at seven. And Hooker is at eight. Um, he's going to have to beat one of them, right? After that, we're going to see how everything falls off because Islam Makachev, he's a young kid and he's coming. He's coming. We need to see what happens with Dustin and Charles Oliveira. We need to see what happens there because here's the thing. They want... And when I say they, I'm talking about the UFC. The UFC desperately wants Conor to come back and fight Dustin. And if it could be for the title, it'll be even better for them. Way, way better for them. So the way I'm, the way I believe it might end up going down, Conor's not going to fight until after, like you know, obviously you know after this pay per view, you know, we'll see who wins. If Dustin wins and, be, and becomes a lightweight champion, I genuinely believe Conor McGregor will get a title shot without earning it. He will skip everyone else. He'll skip Michael Chandler, even though there have been rumors that uh, Conor and Michael Chandler were going to fight. Obviously, in terms of, of story, right? In terms of story, the fight to make would be Conor and Dustin. So I think that's what they're going to do. I think that's where they'll go. It's going to be very interesting to see. I think it'll be very interesting to see um, what happens. Um, again, this is all assuming Dustin wins. Um, and if he wins, Connor's going to end up getting having a title shot. So.
follow us on Twitter at Prideful Takes. Um, if there's any topic you guys want us to talk about, you know, feel free to tweet at us. Um, follow us on Facebook at Prideful Takes. Not only do we put up the pickums and all that stuff up there, we go live on Facebook. And if you don't have Facebook, follow us on YouTube at Prideful Takes. Visit our website, www.pridefulsakes.com. Not only is every episode of the podcast up there, but we also have original articles. And check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, the Prideful Takes Podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. I'll see you guys in the next one. Be safe. Where that was going. That was a great read. Oh, Lillard from the logo. That'll quiet the chew on the season. Second and one for the Bills. They handle the rush. Allen looking. It's out. To Shohei Otani, center field, let's watch it go! Did several of those inside low kicks.